Hey, it's Bethany and Bethany, and this is the Kegel Chronicles podcast, the show where we talk about pelvic health, women's health, mom life, and a lot about sex. It's definitely one of our favorite topics. You'll hear from us, two pelvic health experts and the owners of Arkansas Pelvic Health, and interviews with other powerful women and dudes that support us. Welcome back to the Kegel Chronicles podcast with Bethany and Bethany. Today we are tired. We are so tired because we flew to Atlanta in and out in one day. Yeah, so our flight was at five. I really honestly wasn't thinking. I was like, five's not that bad. But then I forgot about like security and the drive there. So we were, uh, I was up at about 2.45. No, I was, I was going to get to the Little Rock Airport at four. So I was going to sleep until at least three. Well... But it was um, it was rough, and there was hardly any security, so we board the one, plane. One gal, right? <laughs> yeah. We board the plane. Erica, our uh, one of our PTs, was so anxious, and then she realized, "Wow, there are the gates of the yeah. Little Airport." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like our entire staff has a little bit of anxiety, to be fair. But Erica is like the most prepared gal. She gets to the airport two hours early. <laughs> And I'm flying in late, but B. Blake took the wrong way to the airport. No, it was my map. My map. We, you I, t- you've lived here your whole life. You know how to get to the airport. No, there's construction. Mm, no. For, for real. You should know. I you've swear. lived here your whole life. You should know how to get to the airport. I still know how to get it. But um, it took us some back way, and we were like under the, what are those called? The runway. <laughs> of the of the airport, you were yes. under the runway. Yeah, under the runway. Maybe we shouldn't film a podcast at ten p.m. <laughs> Maybe we should back it up. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Anyways, why we went to Atlanta? We are now some of the first physical therapists in the United States of America to be able to fit pessaries. Yes. What is a pessary, B. Blake? So, I always explain pessaries to my patients like a support bra. <laughs> a support bra for your vagina. So, yeah. when people have pelvic organ prolapse or their organs are just shifting a bit, not staying in their locked, since we're talking airplanes, they're yeah. not staying in their locked and upright position. Um, it, it's like a little support bra to keep them up. Yeah. So, you can have uh, anterior wall laxity and posterior wall laxity, both of the actual vagina. A lot of the times, that's just from straight pelvic floor weakness. Right. So, I feel like um, most of the public people, most of the lay public, will say, like, my bladder's falling. Right. My organs are falling. So, that can happen in the front of your vagina, somewhere Mm -hmm. like your bladder, or the back of your vagina, somewhere like your bowels, or the top of your vagina. So, like, your uterus starting to fall in. Or even your intestines. Those can also shift. However, they make these super cool silicone devices called pessaries, and that is what we learned to fit by the incredible Taryn from oh, Australia. Oh my gosh. So the Aussies have been fitting pessaries, the physical therapists, or the physios, um, there in Australia have been fitting pessaries for the past decade. Yeah, and then Taryn has taught more PTs and MDs than anyone else on how to do pessaries, so... Um, we went to a course where she was teaching it. And the whole reason we even did this is in the U.S., PTs historically haven't been able to do them. But the APTA put out a position statement in, like, December Mm -hmm. 2021, so really recently, that it's within our scope, which makes sense that it's in our scope for fitting ankle braces, knee braces. Mm -hmm. It's another assistive device. Yeah, and they're, they're really cool because you can wear them all the time if you need to. 
Or you could be a postpartum mom and use it for a short period of time. Or you could be an athlete and use it when you're lifting heavy. Yeah. So I feel like here, um, most of the time they're used with maybe an older population Mm -hmm. that might not be a surgical candidate or is delaying surgery if they have a pretty significant prolapse, like organs falling outside of their vagina Mm -hmm. or right at the opening of their vagina. But um, our friends in Australia are using them for postpartum moms and moms that are lifting or doing CrossFit to kind of just keep their organs in a better position and not stretch out their ligaments right. as much. Right, and CrossFit's a big thing here in America. Yes. And athletes and, and everyone's having babies on a right. daily basis. So. so when we're talking prolapse, of course we see it um, in older populations, but in the younger populations, it's actually usually really young, healthy, athletic gals mm-hmm. that are struggling or immediate postpartum that they want to get back to running or something like that. And this is a way for them to maintain their lifestyle without potentially causing damage. Yeah. Especially while their pelvic floor is healing also after giving birth. Right. Get a little extra support. Yeah. Ligaments are... Keep them supported. Right. They're trying to be supported. Um, I, I thought it was a super interesting course because we walked in and there was like 12, 15 people one of our besties, Jessica Real, owns a clinic in Atlanta, Southern Public Health, which is a phenomenal practice in Atlanta. And she um, hosted the course for us and was there to just help us learn. And Taryn, who was just as cool on the coursework itself, and then we met her in person, and she's just a phenomenal human being. Yeah, so the course is like four days, nine to five or 10 to six. I can't even remember the hours. Taryn woke up at 1 a.m. She was teaching us at 1 a.m. That was so cool. And so we had four days like that, and then we just had a practical. We actually practiced fitting them after she had already already taught us about pessaries. And what was really cool is she is a PT, but she showed evidence where PT's good and where PT's not good, which is, I love courses like that because I love research where mm-hmm. evidence-based, but you always have to realize who's presenting it and where it's coming from because you can pull some one-liners out and make it sound like it supports you, but right. if you read the whole paper, all the studies, you realize, like, well, it actually wasn't that good or something. And so when it comes to PT and prolapse, um, PTs always quote that a study that's like, oh, 80% of people respond to pelvic floor physical therapy that have prolapse. And Taryn's like, but y'all are forgetting these and went on to explain how Ligaments are our main support mm-hmm. structure, and that's usually what MDs learn right. about. They learn and that then, fascial fascial system versus PTs learning the muscular component system. Right, and honestly, both are important, and you can survive if one's not that great. So right. genetically, your ligaments just aren't that great. Right. Your fascia's not that great. If you have a strong pelvic floor, typically you're not going to have that many symptoms. Also the same in reverse. If mm-hmm. your ligaments are... Um, nice and taut and you don't genetically aren't prone to I don't know like Ehlers-Danlos mm-hmm. or something like that um, that and your muscles are kind of trash usually you're still okay too if, if both are in if both are intact well then mm-hmm. people are do really well and um, what was also interesting is the pop cue yes so interesting the popsicle sticks are the the just the measurements in general of where it's measured outside the vagina, where it's measured inside the vagina, total vaginal length, genital height, it's all yeah. these huge words so that I was like, like this the, is a lot. The nine, it, so the pop cue is like nine different measurements mm-hmm. of different places in the vagina. 
And it kind of means nothing, I feel like, to most people, but it's nice in research. They're measuring and they're saying, okay, so this is your how far your organs are descending, mm-hmm. but if you cough, it's this far, right. or after you go out for a run, it's this far. So it's helpful within research. Um, and then it's also nice because it takes into account different people's height, like a taller person usually yeah. has a longer, longer vagina. vagina. And so if they're getting like six centimeters of descent, but they have a 10 centimeter vagina, then they're still, their organs are still well within the vagina. Right. But someone, a shorter person who might have a shorter vagina, say mm-hmm. six centimeters, and then they get six centimeters of descent, all of a sudden your organs are at the opening of your vagina. Right. So it's really nice to see how the measurements, I don't know, kind of affect overall prolapse. But mm-hmm. what I thought was the most interesting was that this was just developed. Like someone just developed the pop cue and had arbitrary numbers. And yeah. when you use that, system that someone was just like, oh, this seems right, um, 80% of women measure having prolapse. So Crazy. 80% of women. It's, it's just, just a, so many. Right. But that's like pathologizing normal. Mm-hmm. So how are 80% of women abnormal? I mean, I think that people, it was an arbitrarily chosen number. And then when you measure, then 80% of people have it. But when you look at that, only 6% of women have symptoms. Mm. So 80% measured anatomically with the pop cue descent enough to have prolapse. But only 6% of people had symptoms or they're like, man, I can't pee. I can't poop. I'm having pain, pressure, something like that. So the low back pain, I would, I would say if we talked about the symptoms now, if somebody comes in our clinic and they are saying either when I wipe, I feel something when I stand, I feel, I feel things a lot at the end of the day. I'm fine first thing in the morning, but if I've been on my feet all day, I feel like a heaviness or pressure, a pelvic pain. Some people complain of low back pain. The, the posturing changes to almost where you tuck your hips in to try to keep things from falling out almost. So, right, which turns your butt off, which is the main support structure right. of your pelvic floor. Yeah. So we have to have strong glutes, a strong core. Um, but some people are just going to have prolapse, and they can yeah. live with prolapse as long as their symptoms are not terrible. Right. So symptoms like pain, pressure, musculoskeletal things right. that they feel matter. But also, um, if the bladder is prolapsing or the urethra, sometimes you're more prone to like UTIs, which of course could be dangerous if you have repeat UTIs Mm -hmm. or, you know, if you're not getting them treated or something. Or if that's prolapsing or the uterus is prolapsing, you're more likely to have painful intercourse Mm -hmm. because something's going to be hitting something and you're like, ooh. Right. But I think prolapse is really scary for a lot of people. They're just afraid something's going to fall out of the vagina. Their vagina, maybe something is, but sometimes it feels like it is, but it's not. Yeah. Those tight pelvic muscles can give you that same pressure feeling. But going back to that stat that you just said, 80% of women have prolapse. So then listening to this, or measurable prolapse, so then you're like, okay, Maybe maybe more than one person has that. I feel like that's so common in our practice that somebody comes in our one of our rooms in their eval, and they're like, "Am I the only one with this problem?" Oh and I'm like, I "Do you like, think we would have a like, whole clinic oh, dedicated?" And I'm like, "Oh, I have problems too. I but also I live do. Life yes. without symptoms, right? Having no issues. Nothing's falling out. I can run, jump rope, yeah. lift weights without any symptoms. Oh, lifting weights, by the way." I feel like they used to tell people definitely don't lift weights because it'll make your prolapse worse. But there mm-hmm. was a study in 2021, if you lifted 15 or more kilograms, mm-hmm. so in pounds, that's going to be over 30 pounds. Yeah, because it's times 2.2. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so lifting heavier weights, mm-hmm. people have less incidences of prolapse. Yeah, because you're strengthening the glutes when you lift right. heavier. Then you're strengthening lifting. the core. Also, why don't we just plug this? If you've had a provider tell you that you shouldn't do certain activities for the rest of your life, that's lame. I feel like any provider because I think literally our, any. Normally, when we you know you hear we say something, you'll hear it. Um, you, just remember, healthcare is a marketplace. If right. someone's not giving you what you need, shop somewhere else. But you know, people will say, "Oh, just don't lift anymore." The rest of your life. Well, cool, but I have a three-year-old. That's not functional to not lift anything the rest of your life. A gallon of milk is eight pounds. Yes, and you can't tell somebody who loves to run. You know what? You just probably can't do you just anymore. can't do that anymore. And that's we we can't take functional things away from women, especially. Right. So if your if your provider is telling you that you can't do something, find a better one. No. They should be able to get you back to doing what you love yes. without symptoms. And if that provider is your PT and they're telling you these things, yeah, let's let's also. find another one. Yeah. Let's find another one. So back to pest series. Yes. Um, you know, prolapse is so common, but I love them because it's allowing people to maintain their lifestyle mm-hmm. while their pelvic floors get stronger, maybe while they're just waiting for a surgery, a better time in their life or something like that. But surgery is not the bad guy. I like surgery. I like medical advances. Yeah. Sometimes you need it. And that was another really cool thing with Taryn's course. She was talking to us about how different textures uh, of the prolapse can indicate a certain ligament failure. Yeah. Um, versus maybe just a weakness in the pelvic floor or something like that. So I really liked that because mm-hmm. then you're not going to get – if people came in here and were like, oh, yeah, of course P- pelvic floor PT is going to be helpful. But then we're like, oh, whoops, it's not going to help your type of prolapse. Right. Let's call your doctor or give them management strategies, behavioral modifications, but ultimately prepare them for their best recovery yeah. from surgery. And I also think I don't want to scare people to, for them to think like, well, I have prolapse and pelvic floor therapy is not going to help. That's not what we're saying. Yes, it can help, but there, there are certain type of things that happen in a prolapse that we can't help. So that's something where a pessary could actually be a really good fit for somebody. Right, and just where, you know, a holistic team is helpful. Oh, for sure. We can't manage it all, but we do have a big place in the management of yeah. that. Okay, so what we would like to give you now are some prolapse tips, things to do if you have prolapse. So just some tips anyone can do is letting your belly be big. Mm-hmm. Like us as a society, women as a society, we stand in the mirror and we suck in our belly a little bit and we keep it that way all day long until the end of the day you get home bra off pants off belly out <laughs> hair down and that belly is made to go out to mm-hmm. each each breath you know inhale exhale and just pay attention to your belly now I mean if people are present or I'm in a dress and I'm not just like I mean I technically am at work right now I guess but what time is it 10 p.m. 10 p.m. life of a business owner um, if I wasn't, if other people were present or I was trying to look professional or giving a presentation and not literally here in my sweatpants um, with a bun, then I think that I would probably be sucked in a little bit. It's just like a natural habit probably oh, since yeah. I was a teenager. I don't know. Well, because that's what they used to teach us in high school, essentially. Not even shoulders back, shoulders back. Yeah. And so it's just like our our muscles learn that for so many years that right. it, I, I mean, I'm 33 and just now I'm like oh my gosh stop sucking yeah. in and it's easy for me to point that out with patients when yeah I'm trying to talk to them about their pelvic floors and their breathing and how their breathing affects their pelvic floor and how their posture affects their pelvic floor right. and then I'm the whole time sucking in <laughs> let it out girl <laughs> let your belly be big let your belly be big same thing when you're having a bowel movement let your belly be big and not straining because that's also going to help with prolapse right 
Okay, so let's next. That's that's tip number one. Let your belly be big. Yes. Take big deep belly breaths. Yep. Um, don't just always hold your belly tense. Bellies yep. aren't really made to be that way. It's supposed to move. Yeah. Um, number two is probably the most important tip we can get to you. Stop with the kegels. Please stop. Stop doing it. I feel like so many people do them wrong anyway, and there's a lot of new research that like they're not the greatest for every person. Even though that's what the old research said. It was just like, just give everybody Kegels, but we don't do that. We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. It is 2022. I always tell people, I know that you learned that, and it was probably great then, but we also used to smoke in hospitals in 1991. And and restaurants, the smoking and the (laughs) non-smoking section. While we were eating our food, how gross is that? It was like a half barrier. So gross. It it didn't contaminate Mm -hmm. beer. So gross. So... You know, I feel like when it comes to pelvic floor, people think something's falling out. I need to get it stronger. I'm right. making whatever. And they kegel because they Google and it says mm-hmm. that. Or sometimes people are still handing out the handouts. Or even sometimes I feel like people's doctors and honestly pelvic floor PTs, please stop <laughs> telling people to do kegels. And there's a lot more to the pelvic floor than kegels. That mm-hmm. to me is like telling someone who has a shoulder issue to just do bicep curls. I don't care what your shoulder issue is. Impingement, yeah. rotator cuff tear. Yes. Um, subluxation, bicep curls. Like, no, there's a lot more to the pelvic floor than a Kegel, and often Kegels are making symptoms worse. So people have a really hard time actually contracting their pelvic floor. They start squeezing their butt, holding their breath. So then they actually, in turn, bear down, which makes their prolapse even worse than it already was, instead of performing the contraction correctly. Some of the worst prolapses I've seen in office that have gotten better with pelvic floor PT are always the people that come in and they're like, I've been doing my Kegels. It's just, it almost seems like it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. And then I, I watch them doing a Kegel mm-hmm. or what they've been doing and it's the reverse contraction every time. It's terrible. Now, I will say this. There are, there is a place for Kegels. Yeah. There is. I agree. I I don't want y'all to think that like Bethany and it's I never do not Kegels. the Kegel itself. No. It's like... The phenomenon around them, that's all that people do. They're mm-hmm. not doing it knowing it, that they're doing it correctly. They are only doing that or like biofeedback, yeah, um, which is essentially just Kegels hooked up to a computer and the line raises and goes down. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the, I don't know, the overuse of it. I feel yes. like it's, it, the overuse of it outside of a medical facility like ours. Yes. Um, that's just all people know, and it's oftentimes making things worse. But honestly, also inside of a medical facility, I feel like it's unethical because people are going and they're stuck in a room and they're just doing Kegels and then they leave. Like there's a lot more to it then. And if yes. you can predict your treatment and recreate it at home, no need to go pay. Why, pay why would you do that? All that. Why would you do that? Yeah. No, we have to. We have to look outside. Um, the body and look at the core strength, look at the glute strength, because there's a reason something has happened. There's a reason the pelvic floor is weak, and why is that happening? Right, and is it genetic? Maybe. Maybe. Totally. Is it a trauma? We had one gal here lately that fell out of the back of a truck and you know, yes, had she did. tears. Um, you know, is it childbirth or something like that? There, sometimes there's a reason for it, and oftentimes it's just kind of over a lifetime, your muscles weren't working the way that they should, right. so we've just got to get them stronger. Or maybe behaviors like strain to poop. That's right. the next tip. That's the next tip. Don't strain to poop. to poop. So my our favorite thing to um, talk about around here is the Squatty Potty, which is a really cool device 
that has a cutout for your toilet. They make all kinds of pretty ones. We have a beautiful one here at work that has like actually like a foot massager included in it. Love it. But when your knees are raised above your hips, your colorectal angle is unkinked and it's allowing the pelvic floor and the pubic rectalis muscle, which is the one that allows you to relax to actually poop. It allows it to drop down without straining. So a lot of times like when we're when we're potty training our children, and the old way would be like, ooh, just go ahead and push it out, but like, I was no. almost tempted to do that to my kids. I remember potty right. training them, and I'd get them on the toilet, and they're like, I'm like, what's next? And I wanted to be like, because you have to increase the pressure, right. which I love. Yes. Thankful for this design, but if you have to poop, it doesn't just hit the floor. Like, right. you kind of have to set yourself up for success. <laughs> but, you know, you do increase your pressure a little bit. Right. It's not like a closing off your no. it's not. A, it's not a valsalva. Right, and just pressing down as hard as you can. And... I think that sometimes straining starts then and people just don't realize oh, that yeah. you don't do that your whole life. And other times just stool is hard, maybe they're constipated and right. so they're straining too. Yeah. But I I try to really encourage my patients that have prolapse not to strain to poop and they kind of overlook it. They're like, okay, okay, okay. But I'm like, no, seriously. No, seriously. If I only had one thing that I could tell you, period, about your prolapse and how to make it better, it would be don't strain to poop. And try to keep from being constipated for sure yeah. yeah I potty training my kids right now I I think it's just like ingrained in this to automatically teach them that and I was like no now we breathe and so my kids we will be bubbles. like I'm breathing mommy yeah. I'm like great job great job because I, that also causes rectal prolapse which men can have yeah prolapse I, isn't just a female problem but, but yeah often but more often it's a female problem openings. there's a lot more openings there's yeah. one pointing straight down to gravity <laughs> one straight down to gravity so don't strain to poop don't main, do it main thing there and if you do pelvic floor therapy can help you with that yes also. which leads us into tip number four so right well i was my next tip i have i wrote these tips down and you can find them on our instagram <laughs> Um, another one is practice blowing out, not holding your breath when you're lifting. Oh, yeah. So this is still a pressure management strategy. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of red faces after people work out sometimes, and not just because they're hot, but because they held their breath. And then also, like, if they're lifting furniture or mm-hmm. children or something like that. Honestly, people hold their breath to have hard conversations. <laughs> I mean, just basically breathe. <laughs> Big belly breaths. That's going to combine with your tips. And just, if you're lifting something heavy, make sure you're doing it appropriately with a good right. pressure management strategy. Right. And you know that, too. Like, sometimes people leak, you know, at various times. But oftentimes, it's when they're lifting or something like that. It's a pressure management right. thing. Which is a lot it's like everything in the pelvic floor, a pressure management. Yeah, so pelvic floor is so much more than Kegels. It's so a much lot more. of behavioral modifications with bowel movements. It's a lot of lifting, strengthening other areas. It's not just the Kegels. It's not just the Kegels. Okay, and then another one that I like to make sure I tell people is that their body's not failing them. You can't control right. everything. Sometimes it's just genetics. Surgery's not the bad guy. If you mm-hmm. need it, you need it. I honestly think that genetically I'm set up for ligamentous issues. You could see in the vessels in my legs Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if I needed a surgery at some point in my life, but I'm going to delay it as long as possible with good habits, good behavioral modifications, keeping my legs and butt strong. You'll Mm -hmm. see me deadlifting here almost every day. Yes. We have weights here. And, you know, just trying to set myself up for success, delay it as long as possible, hopefully forever. But yeah. And then. But if you do have to have surgery, you're going to do pelvic floor therapy before 
and after your surgery. Right, just to set yourself up for success. And yeah. there's good evidence for that too. Sometimes surgery is necessary, but right. it's more successful when paired with pelvic floor physical therapy. Prehab. Prehab. It's a great word. And Even prehab. for like knee surgery, if you oh, yeah. go in strong, I mean, unless you like tear your ACL and you didn't have time to prep for it, but right. prehab is a good thing. And then just one of the last things, if you're concerned that you have prolapse, Probably don't Google this don't one. Don't do it. But I, I don't ever, I love it when people Google stuff <laughs> and they just try to like empower themselves because they know their own symptoms and they maybe can have an idea mm-hmm. and they tell their doctor like, oh, I think this is going on because of A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. But oh, the prolapse Googling is really rough right now. It's all, not all that Also accurate. the prolapse Facebook groups that some of my patients in are, are in and I'm like, you need to leave. Yeah. Leave the group. Like, yeah. don't let it consume Like, I have you. personally seen your vagina, and you know it's not falling apart. <laughs> I had a patient one time. She came in, she was like, there is something falling out of me. Yeah. And I did an exam, and I was like, there's there's really yeah. not. There's okay. really not. I, I have seen things literally coming out of people. Yeah. Did y'all hear me say literally? Oh I, I pulled a B Blake. No, let me try that again. Literally falling out. Wait, what are you saying? In defective. In defective. In defective. You just said that. <laughs> In defective. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much fear, and then when you Google it, it's not yeah. accurate, and the pictures are just scary. Yes. And a prolapse that bad is pretty rare. It can happen, but it's fixable. It is definitely fixable. And there's some fantastic gynecologists and gynecologists who operate really, really well. And also, there's some fantastic pelvic PTs probably in your area. Hey, we're, we're here at Arkansas Pelvic Health if you need us. So, I don't know. What else was I going to say just there? This can probably do a little delete pause. Thank you, Brenna. You're literally the best. You can leave that part in if you want. Brenna's so great because we don't have time to edit our podcast. And we... We thought we did. We thought we did. And Bethany was like, can't you just figure it out? And I was like, I don't have time. Is that what I said? No, you said it nicer than that, but you were like, I mean, you just YouTube it. That's what you told me multiple times. And I was like, hey, I've spent three hours on this, and I'm not going to do it. And I said, our, our past student was great, and she uh, edits podcasts. So I was like, hey, Brenna, I'm going to pay you to do this because we don't have time. Yeah. And it's fun. And we appreciate it And we a appreciate lot. it a lot. So basically, if you think that you might have prolapse, for one thing, you can look. Get a mirror, look. Yeah. Use your phone. Look. Make sure that your pictures are not stored to share Google Drive with <laughs> another person. <laughs> um, and make an appointment with your doctor or a pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah, because most states don't even require a referral to be here. It's and access. we can definitely help you for yeah. sure. And what I also want to say, well, Bethany just pointed this out. If you're early postpartum, don't look. Don't you look. You can, but it's probably swollen and it doesn't look normal and it's going to be scary. Uh, it's not that it doesn't look normal. It is just in a very well, early, your normal, your pre-delivery normal, pre delivery normal. normal. It might look like some swollen Twinkies, you know, and um, that's okay. Who said that? I did. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. It's okay, girls. I, I keep it real. Food, I, like, not food. Not food, but like though. the large swelling. Oh my gosh, you just shoved a baby out of there. Like, geez Louise, calling my abdomen when it was sliced open for my C-section. I was like, what the is freaking happening down here? And so if you think you have prolapse, make an appointment. Look and see. And also remember, sometimes it's not prolapse because tight muscles can also feel like that. I have one of those gals on my schedule right now. She's panicking about she had prolapse because she has in the past. We yeah. Pelvic floor PT. She's feeling great. Now she's like, I don't know, 38 weeks pregnant or something like that. And she's like, it hit me. Everything's falling out. And so taking a look. At 38 weeks. Not, yeah. 
bit tight. So we did a release, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I feel better. And I was like, you know, you didn't do Kegels. Kegels didn't You don't do have it. prolapse. And so she's feeling good going into her third delivery. Love it. I love it. Anyway, that's all. Your vaginas probably aren't falling out out. If they are, we can help. We can help if things are starting to shift, and we can help anyway. Just if you feel your vagina at rest, that's what I usually tell people. Like, if you can feel it, it's an issue. Like, I don't feel my elbow sitting here. I don't feel my pinky. I don't feel my vagina. So if you can feel it, there's pressure. Um, maybe, a, I don't know. You may need some pelvic PT. Yeah. We're here for you. Let us help you. Always. Not feel your vagina <laughs> when you're not supposed to feel it. And we're out. <laughs>